In February of 2020, I was in Paris for the Leonardo exhibition at the Louvre. I like to stay directly across from the Louvre at the aptly named Hotel du Louvre. If you know me from this podcast or as a vegan life coach, you may not know what an insufferable culture vulture I am. I love museums, art, history, art history, medieval architecture, crypts, old streets, ruins, ramparts, moats, traditional artisanal creations. I love it. France was my last trip abroad, and this fall, it will be our first trip back to Europe. So I'm a Francophile and an enthusiastic medievalist, and back in the dark days of December 2020, when we had only one thing on our calendar for 2021, my husband and I decided to book a trip to France. Today, I'm sharing my conversation with French tourism expert and veteran podcaster, Annie Sargent. Annie, who is French and based in Toulouse, created her English language podcast, Join Us in France, in 2014. And there is now an amazing back catalog, 354 episodes as of this recording, full of resources for frequent visitors, occasional travelers, and armchair tourists alike. Annie leads groups, creates apps from VoiceMap, self-guiding tours of the Marais, Ile de la Cité, Montmartre, and Saint-Germain-de-Pré, as well as itinerary planning. And Annie was invaluable looking over my itinerary in the southwest, her home region, Last December, when my husband and I decided we would visit Toulouse, Carcassonne, and Bordeaux, all for the first time. France may not yet have the reputation as most vegan-friendly country, but that is changing, bit by bit. Today, Annie sits down to chat French travel, how to ask for what you want, how to use social media tools to help get the best vegan options available, the newest travel advice, and lots more. Today's conversation with any sergeant is for those of us itching to get back to travel, or at least dreaming about travel, and especially those of us who are vegan and sometimes reticent to ask for what we want in a country so famous for its meat and dairy products. Remember, asking for what you want, that's an entire module in my Veg Your Best curriculum with my one-on-one coaching clients. It's never just about the food, is it? So, direct from France and her podcast, Join Us in France, I hope you'll enjoy meeting Annie Sargent. Sergeant. Bonjour, Annie. Bonjour, Michel. How are you? I'm great. I'm very, very excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I've been listening to Join Us in France for maybe not quite the beginning, but pretty close to the beginning. And I am one of those people that binge listened to all of it when I found you. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's a pleasure to talk to you. And I've listened to your podcast as well. I haven't binge listened to all of them, but I don't have that much time for listening. I have to really be careful. Although I've cut out a lot of political podcasts that I used to listen to because I've had enough of that. <laughs> I understand that feeling. Yeah, it's not really helping. No, it's not. <laughs> so, so I wanted to have you on the podcast for a, a number of reasons. One of them, uh, people who listen to my intro will have heard this. You are one of my podcasting mentors. You don't know this, but you are. 
And I'm a Francophile and I love France. And so I, when I'm not in France, I want to learn about France and you and your partner, Elise. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm an art historian by training. And so oh. I, I enjoy hearing her take on everything. I especially like medieval things. And um, so earlier in the year, maybe at the end of last year, I um, contacted Annie about giving me an uh, itinerary consultation about our trip to Southwest France, to my listeners. And so that gave me the idea that now, as I'm coming up on this trip, to check in with Annie. Sounds good. And so you know that my, um, my listeners are typically either vegan or interested in moving in that direction. Right. And you've done a wonderful episode back in 2019 and I'm uh, about being vegan, a vegan traveler in France with your advice. And I keep hearing that there's more and more out there. And France is a place where some people are very intimidated if they're new vegans or semi-vegans to ask for what they want. And I thought maybe you would give us you know, your, your take on how to be respectful of, of French culture and, um, and still eat what you want to eat. Sure. Now, the first thing is there are more and more vegans in France. Obviously, it's mostly younger people who are changing their habits. People 50 and up are not quite there, most of them, but some are, you know, you'll find more and more. And big cities in France offer a lot of choices for people who eat vegan as far as restaurants are concerned. Okay, I'm just going to talk about restaurants for now because I'm, I'm imagining if you're traveling, that's mostly what you want to do. So uh, there, if you stick to the big cities, you will have lots of choices. Paris actually has quite a few very nice choices. The problem occurs when you are traveling outside of large cities. And uh, okay, so if you go to Provence, where there are a lot of foreign visitors and a lot of English-speaking visitors, they are familiar with the whole concept of vegan. But if you go places that are just where only French visitors go, they've never, they don't, some of them don't even know what vegan means. You know, they just, um, so the, the terminology in French is vegan ou vegan for the feminine. But the original term was végétalien. So you have végétarien with an R mm. and végétalien with an L is no animal products at all. And th there are still people who are not going to know what exactly you mean. Mm. Uh, I remember years ago, I was working for a tech company near Nice. Uh, Sophia Antipolis was the it's a big complex of high-tech companies. And they had a couple of guys from India who were spending a couple of months at the company on site, and they were vegan, and they ate fries every day. <laughs> yeah, so few choices. Yeah. Yeah. But this was years ago. This was 15 years ago. They really didn't have a lot of choices. And the company cafeteria, that's all they could find every day that was vegan. And then one day I, I told them, look, I'm going to take you to a, there was a, a town nearby, a beautiful little scenic place that had several Indian restaurants. And I, I said, surely at an Indian restaurant they'll have a vegan option. And they did, but they said it wasn't flavored to their taste. <laughs> they didn't like it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but they were funny guys. But, you know, I mean, it takes a special kind of person to be able to eat fries every day for yeah. months. Yeah, you yeah. know, I, yeah. um, so there's always that. You can always ask for fries, but. Fries, fries and, and green salad. Yeah. Right. You can do a lot better than that. So. What I would recommend is that you, uh, first of all, the, the app Happy Cow, that I'm sure you use in the US, also works for France. And they have a lot of selections. And this morning in preparation for this conversation, 
I went to, uh, to search for this. There's also a French app called Vejo Resto, <laughs> V-E-G-O-R-E-S-T-O. Huh. So that's just French. Well, they, as far as I can tell, it's, it started in France. And so for now, they mostly show things in France. And they show a ton of restaurants around me, for instance, which it's, I live near Toulouse. Uh, I mean, not right around me, but, you know, if I go a few kilometers towards the city, they, they show a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. So you should install, if you're going to be traveling to France, you should install Happy Cow obviously, and Vigio Resto, because it would give you a lot of possibilities. Right. The other thing that I have found is that TripAdvisor, if you use it right, can show you restaurants that have vegan options. Now, this assumes that you're the kind of vegan person who doesn't mind eating next to someone who's eating a steak, obviously, okay? but there are also a lot of restaurants in France who will have a vegetarian, lots of them have vegetarian options. A French classic is, you know, omelette, and that's vegetarian. But fewer of them have vegan options, but some do. And if you go to TripAdvisor and you look on the right side, on the left side, sorry, one of the boxes you can tick is dietary restrictions. And vegan is one of them. And then they will just narrow it down to restaurants that have a vegan So, so that's a filter we can use when we go on TripAdvisor. Exactly. That's it's a great. Filter you, yeah. It's a filter you should use when you go to TripAdvisor. And I think that will make your life easier because you can then show this same, um, this same list on the map. And so it will show you where these restaurants are. That's a nice feature. Because it just... <laughs> right? Puts it right, right in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you know if you're far away. So all of this is happening on the left side of TripAdvisor. You have all, all sorts of things that you can filter by. And then at the top, it says view map. And so it'll show you whatever you selected on the map. Beautiful. That's really so, good yeah. advice. Really yeah, that's advice. a really good way to do it. Because uh, like you mentioned, I do uh, consults for, for people who want to want some help organizing their trip to France and very often they ask me for they have dietary restrictions of one sort or another and so I use this all the time and it works pretty well and what I do also is I typically also call the restaurant to make sure because sometimes they set this up a long time ago and you know it, it might be good if it's if it's a fancy place uh, the other thing that happens in France is that the more you pay, the more likely they are to have a vegan option. Mm-hmm. So you will find vegan options in the very cheapest restaurants. So like the kebab places, because kebab owners often are Muslim mm-hmm. and they don't want to eat meat that hasn't been butchered in the way they agree of, agree with, okay? Mm-hmm. So they will often have falafel sandwiches that can be made vegan. Not all falafel are vegan, but many, you know, right. a lot are. Uh, so that's also a another. So that's the cheapest. If you have, if if there's a a kebab type place, they might have something for you. Or if you go into Michelin star restaurants mm-hmm. or listed, then they're used to this. They totally know what to do, and they mm-hmm. will fix you something very nice will be more expensive, but it'll be very nice. And you can ask for vegan options there as well. Because they're used to cooking for you from scratch to order everything. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And also because it's a more expensive restaurant, they're used to a higher clientele. They're used to international visitors. And in America, anyway, it so happens that it's the higher earners that are more often vegan Mm -hmm. i've seen this as a correlation not necessarily but uh visitors who are vegans usually are better off than visitors interesting that's just yeah that's just don't you think though that people who travel are maybe have more disposable income than people who don't that's true as well 
Yeah, definitely. It is it's interesting because we have a we have a very um, one of the more influential groups for me has been um, the African-American community, the urban African-American community in the United States have a lot of uh, vegans and a lot of people are surprised by that. But in Florida, yeah, I didn't know that. in Florida, yeah, it's a very, very um, and I have not studied it to know exactly what brings people to that. But I think there's a certain social justice mentality of of morals and of uh, so com- coming from an ethical place. And also there are people that the the, um, the Rastafarian community is usually vegetarian, as I understand it, and very often vegan. I think they have another term like Ital, I think is the name of there. But anyway, oh, it's very interesting because there are yeah. so many different. And I, I totally agree with you. There is a level of uh, affluent white traveler that is is now vegan over, over yeah. the last few years, for sure. Right. And, and even in France, they've started to offer, you know, gluten-free hmm. things because they they have more and more people who ask for these sorts of options. And why not, hmm. you know? Why not? Why not? Yeah. Though I do think over the years, I've been traveling in France for, you know, many years, not, not regularly, not often. So like every year or every couple of years. And sometimes I have felt that there's a, there's a pride in French gastronomic, you know, heritage and tradition. And sometimes I've felt that I've been interpreted as being disrespectful of why are you coming here and asking for that? You've come to France. This is what we have here. And I'm very, and I actually love French culture and I, I hope to be very respectful so what was it, what is a way to politely maybe? Okay, if you're worried about not offending people, which is not something I worry about a lot, but okay. <laughs> uh, I'm very blunt. And French people, generally speaking, are very blunt. But you could say, I, I have allergies. Ah. You could say, I, you know, I cannot eat this. It makes me sick. Ça me rend malade. Okay. Uh, but I don't think you need to do that. I think there are some people, obviously, if you go into a, um, a restaurant that specializes in cassoulet yeah. and you ask them for vegan cassoulet, they might give you a, like, a surprise look because that's not um, something that most people want. But I think in most places, it's totally fine to say, uh, I I can't eat this. Mm-hmm. I just won't eat this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's happened to me even, uh, you know, I've eaten vegan at times in my life, but even as a non-vegan, I remember in Spain uh, ordering something. I didn't know what I was ordering and they brought me the, these snails and I was like, I cannot eat this. Mm-hmm. You know, even as somebody who's not vegan, I, there was no way that was going down my gullet. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think it's totally okay to, to be genuine about what your preferences are. You don't want to eat this stuff. You don't have to. And, and I think it's okay to ask if they have an option. Like, uh, okay, in the Southwest where I live, they make a lot of salads with duck. So it's going to be, you know, Jésier de Canard or something. You could ask them. No duck. Sans canard. <laughs> sans canard. Sans canard. Uh-huh. Uh, sans oeuf, sans canard, sans bacon, uh, sans lardon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these are the things. Uh, sans fromage. Uh, I could send you a list of uh, things that you could say, but if you just say vegan, if you say je suis vegan, mm-hmm. qu'est-ce que vous me proposez? Beautiful. Qu'est-ce que vous me proposez? Okay. Yes. And they will possibly say nothing, mm-hmm. but hopefully they will have something. This happens in the U.S. too, because people will say, the server will say, well, no, there's nothing, because there's nothing on the menu. But if sometimes you right. need to be, you need to cajole just a little to kind of uh, seduce them into, well, maybe a grain, maybe a starch, maybe a broccoli or a cabbage or something, you know. Um, so do you think that that would work too, to be a oh, little definitely. bit help? Okay. Definitely. Yeah. Just, just ask, some, you know, hmm. exactly. I mean, just ask, you know, 
you know, vous devez avoir de, de la salade, vous devez avoir des tomates, mm. vous pouvez faire une salade composée, mm -hmm. sans œufs. Yeah. Sans... Because the thing is, French people are so used to, most French people, not me, but most French people are control very carefully everything they eat. Mm -hmm. They never snack. They never go eat a bar of chocolate. Mm -hmm. They are very, very careful about their weight and about their eating habits, except when they go to the restaurant. At the restaurant, all bets are off. You can ask for a 3,000 calorie meal. Nobody will bat an eye. <laughs> okay, because you're at the restaurant. And so this is a cultural thing that when we go to the restaurant, they assume that the whole idea is you want to have a great time. You want to drink normal. You want to have an appetizer and a magnificent dessert. And you want this and you want that. And so that's what they want to bring to you. Mm. But it's okay to just say, no, no, no. Je suis en vacances. Je ne peux pas manger comme ça tous les jours. Right. You, know, you could just tell them, like, and they yeah. understand, you know, even on vacation for two weeks, you can't keep eating like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just have to be a bit, like, negotiate. Everything in France is a negotiation. If you say, if they say, oh, no, no, on a rien, you can just say, vraiment? Oh, vous devez avoir de la salade, vous devez avoir des frites, vous devez avoir euh, du pain, des tomates, euh, you know, des fruits, euh, des lentilles peut-être. But, I mean, honestly, if you're going to be in France for a long time, and especially in rural France, it's probably best for you to uh, be somewhere where you can cook a little bit. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not a full kitchen, because... You know, even if you go to the French grocery store, we have some good options now for at the French grocery store. Obviously, we have wonderful fruits and vegetables in France. Very, very good stuff. I mean, very fresh, different varieties that you've never seen in the U.S. You know, it's really good that way. Uh, the other thing that we have is French people love yogurts, right? And so we have a lot of uh, yogurts based on cocoa milk. Mm -hmm. And they are very good. They're very good. So they are vegan, but they are delicious. They're not fat-free or nothing. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, it's usually coconut milk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of these yogurts and they are, you can find them everywhere. So you find them with a vanilla flavoring or no flavoring or chocolate or strawberry, whatever. Mm. You, you see all these uh, vegan yogurts and they are pretty popular. They're very luscious, a lot of them. Um, the other thing that we have now is a lot of uh, all sorts of almond milk, soy milk, all of that. Now, at the grocery store, you will find those hardly ever at a cafe. Okay, so that's good to know. Right. So if you uh, if you like a latte, most places won't have soy milk to to substitute. They mm -hmm. just don't. I mean, maybe in Paris, but not uh, not any other places where I go. Mm -hmm. um, in France, we eat a lot of legumes uh, that are, some of them are already cooked. Uh, you can buy little pockets of lentils already cooked and they're, they're cooked with a little bit of onion and a little bit of carrots. Mm -hmm. And you can just warm that up in the microwave. We had some just a couple of days ago and they're good, you know, it's, it's, it's good, it's healthy. It's, and probably quite affordable, very cheap for a very affordable, yeah. very affordable. You know, it's it's a euro or, mm -hmm. or so. Um, we have uh, some faux meats like mm -hmm. the soy burgers and things like that. Not as big a selection as what you get in the U.S., but we have some. Yeah, that's 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 the that's the notes I had. But yeah, you can always ask for. Uh, in the in the grocery store, they even have a little gray check, uh, green check mark that says vegan, like a V. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a V vegan um, on a lot of products. More and more, it's getting to the point where it's fairly easy. Even pre-made meals, 
you know, the sort of pre-made meals that you'd buy for Weight Watchers or whatever, right. except that they're not Weight Watchers, but they are vegetarian or vegan. Some mm-hmm. of them are vegan, not all, but some are vegan. I remember uh, a couple of very nice off, um, offerings in, what, are, what is it called? The little sandwich. Prêt-à-manger. Prêt-à-manger, right, right. Which I never yeah. think, it, it's, I always think that's not really French. It's not. Right. But they have very nice, but they have different offerings in each place. In the U.S. Yes. is very different than in the U.K. And they had some very nice sandwiches that were vegan. I remember taking on yes. the train and taking on a plane. Um, right. Last time. So the, Right. Yeah. And they have little salads. They have little legume salads. Yes. Uh, even at the gro- French grocery store, especially in Paris, they have a lot of that. Because in Paris, you know, they, they are used to have uh, lots of people from different places, and so they don't stick bacon into everything. But in the southwest of France, it's like, oh, stop it with the duck and the lardon. I mean, <laughs> well, that is where I'm going. That's where I'm going yeah. and for my listeners. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm, I'm, I'm having you here. Because for my listeners, um, last, I think it was December, Annie got on the phone with me. And she has a service where she will look at your itinerary and give you some feedback and give you some suggestions and talk you through it and then get back to you with a list of ideas. And my husband and I really wanted to go to Carcassonne. So probably the biggest airport near Carcassonne was Toulouse, which is... No, Carcassonne has an airport. It has a little airport, but I can't fly yeah. basically from the States to oh, no, uh, no. Carcassonne. So, so we got a flight f- uh, to Toulouse. And so then I chatted with, with Annie about, about it. And, um, and I know that Annie knows all about all these cultural things. Not only is she a tour guide, but she has a, a partner in many of her tours and, and in the podcast, Elise, who is a, a very, a very um, knowledgeable, very knowledgeable art historian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she's extremely careful about what she eats. So she will tell you, oh, she can tell you all the calories and all the this and that. She tells you, you know, everything. She knows Oh, everything. really? Oh, really? Yeah, That's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good to know. Elise. Elise Rivlin? Riven. 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 Right. She does. She has a website called TouloseGuidedWalks.com. And she's great with, uh, she does great walks of Toulouse. She also has a voice map tour of Toulouse. So she did that one. You didn't do that voice map, the Toulouse. No, I no, I did Paris. You did Paris. The two of us, we tried to not step on each other's toes. So I, you know, I told her she she needs to do one of Carcassonne, but she knows the place inside and out and backwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But she's sitting down and doing the work. So that's interesting. And this is another thing for my listeners to know about voice maps. How would you describe what voice maps are, Annie? Okay, so voice map is one of many uh, Jeep. It's an app that you, that you can download for free on your Android or iPhone or whatever you have. And uh, once you have the app, you can browse through tours all over the world. Uh, I have done four for Paris uh, that are very popular right now because people don't want to join a group tour with people because they're afraid of um, mm. COVID. And, and so the ability to have your phone. So what happens is I, I, in my Paris tours, for example, I tell you where we go meet and you can go whenever you want you, at, you know, the Metro station, whatever. And as soon as you exit the Metro, I start talking. So it, it knows where you are because it's yes. connected. Mm-hmm. It's connected with your GPS. Mm-hmm. So you download the tour when you're home so that you don't need data necessarily because on your phone, even if you don't have data, the GPS still works. Oh. And so, you know, so you have the tour is downloaded to your phone the GPS still works. I start talking. I tell you, welcome to Paris. And we're going to take, I'm going to take you on the tour of this and that. And I give you voice clues of where you need to go next. And also you have a map on the phone, but it's made so that you can just put your phone away and just listen. Yeah. And just enjoy, listen, look around. You know, I point out things that are interesting. I tell you little stories, uh, all of that. And those tours are super popular. So remind me, I know you have one for Ile de la Cité, right? Yeah, Le Marais. Le Marais, okay. One. Um, uh, Saint, um, Saint- <laughs> oh, now I put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wrote them like a while back. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah, I know I did Ile de la Cité and I know I did, maybe 
Et le Marais. I'm sure it was the Le Marais, yeah. Ah, Saint-Germain-des-Prés. Okay. Is the other one. And then Montmartre. 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 Oh, it's actually wrong on my website. It says Montparnasse. It's Montmartre. I gotta go fix that. I just noticed it. Oh, look, <laughs> look how valuable this has been. <laughs> yeah. It shows a picture of Montmartre. Montmartre. I mean, like, there. Yeah. 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 So that's a very interesting. There are a lot of um, these. I don't know. I find these new apps, these new things, super interesting. Um, yeah. For us to uh, to, I think, get comfortable with getting more information, and also you become as a as a personal tour guide. It's once you realize how much there is behind every corner, you kind of right. want someone to stop and to show you. you. Yeah. 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 Because when you walk around places like Saint Germain des Prés. It is such a an overload of the senses, you know. It's just people, cars, noises, smells, all of these things. It's overwhelming, and you can easily walk right by something without noticing it. And then somebody later on Facebook tells you, "Oh, did you see this?" And you're like, "No," I didn't <laughs> see it. and you feel no. terrible that you didn't yes. see it. Yes. But if you but if you have one of those. Um, tours obviously the tours will take you to all the places that are you know we know the places where people want to go um, because they are famous because they have some historical relevance or whatever and every year people come and they want to see the same 15 things probably it happens a lot which is yeah. fine yeah. you know i think it's actually better to go back to the big hits than the people who show up in France with no preparation. Obviously, people who listen to my podcast are people who want to prepare, but there are a lot of people who show up, they have no idea yeah. what it's like, and they just have these fanciful ideas that they've made from movies or mm -hmm. TV shows or whatever. And and they sometimes it's it's not great because a little bit of information goes a long way. You need to be a little bit prepared, you know? I totally agree. I find that a little bit of study, even just a little, even even a Wikipedia article is a little bit helpful yeah. than nothing. Yeah. But to yeah. give you a sense of what's what the time frame is or where you are, because as you say, in those movies and in those TV shows, they block off the street and they even, oh, yeah. even if they shoot it on location. They've there's no people. There's no cars. Yeah. <laughs> there's no... It's, it's totally unrealistic. It's yeah. like, oh, well, OK, even if you watch um, the TV shows that Rick Steves does, he's very popular. But you know what? They clear the place mm. when he goes anywhere. He goes with videographers and makeup people and all the, the place is empty. And, you know, it's not realistic. It, it just isn't. It's it's a set. Right, right. So I think that's what, so tell me, you've come through, uh, if people are listening to this now, maybe if they listen to this in three years, this is all just a bad dream. But you're now, how is, how is tourism going in, 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 in Paris and in France now for you and Elise and your fellow tour people? Okay, so uh, tourism in general is down a lot, but because I do the, the apps, and the guided tours on the app, it hasn't, I mean, when nobody was coming, nobody was coming. And right. it just went down to zero and that was bad. But it's come up quite nicely for, for me. Uh, Paris has a lot fewer visitors because no Asians are coming at this time mm -hmm. because they don't, they can't leave. Uh, you know, uh -huh. If you're Australian, you can't come. The, so there are, restrictions on travel uh, that are impacting these countries mm, two huge population groups yeah. yeah yeah it's not that france wouldn't have them because in france we're happy to have anybody who's vaccinated mm -hmm. and um but a lot of visitors cannot come and so paris is very empty i mean i i have seen photos of visitors i also do a facebook group the join us in france closed group on facebook and there's photos of visitors there in front of the the mona lisa with nobody around <laughs> oh my goodness oh my goodness you know? so that should get everybody out there don't because you know what i'm thinking annie i have never been to versailles ever 
right. all the times I've been. And I'm thinking this is the year I go to Versailles because I've never wanted to go and have a bad time with a million people. And um, so this is this is here. Yeah, there's photos of big, two ladies who were in Versailles yesterday, I think. Nobody, I mean, the, the Hall of Mirrors, there's five people in the Hall of Mirrors. Oh. Oh. You know, it's like unreal, it's unreal. <laughs> so uh, it's really nice uh, because, I mean, French people have made up for the, like this, this summer in France, because all French people just had their vacation in France. Nobody mm. went anywhere else. So the, the tourist season was actually pretty good for most places in rural France or whatever, because French people just went and enjoyed the beach and the mountains and the scenic little villages and all of that. Mm -hmm. So their season was fine, um, but it's just foreign visitors who are used to going to Paris, very few. I mean, some Americans, some Canadians, but not nowhere near the normal uh, you know, so you can find very good deals on hotels. You can find the restaurants are not full. You can easily find a, you know, I, I'm sure you've been to Paris before. You go to a cafe and you would like to, find, to, to sit down here and you can't because it's full of people. Mm. Well, that doesn't happen so much now. You, mm -hmm. There's places everywhere. So this is the time. If, if you're vaccinated, everybody should get on the apps get uh, follow Annie on join us in France podcast and you have a closed Facebook group I'm in that but I don't remember how I got in it is that through Patreon supporters or is that through no 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 it's for anybody but you you just need to yeah you just need to get clearance first it, yes it's for people who listen to the podcast so yeah. we try to not open it to everybody because there's a million groups that do that sort of thing. And, right. and I am very active in the group. I mean, I go every day and I answer questions. And so I don't want it to get too big. Honestly, too big. For, we're around 7,000. And I, I oh, really want to lot. under 10,000. Because yeah. at times it was way bigger. We went, we were in over 10,000 for a while and it was unmanageable. Yeah. Uh, just too much bickering and yes no. yes that's and then the beautiful. threads get super long and nobody reads anything so you keep repeating the same thing and yeah. oh it was just frustrating so and i don't think facebook is that great of a place to go get serious information mm -hmm. serious travel information because you know when you have 50 people that answer one question and they all say something different yeah how do you how know? do you evaluate it no of course <laughs> Yeah. And even if you know that this person is a moderator, maybe they know better. Well, but still, if you have 50 other opinions, it's hard not to be confused, you know? Yeah. So I, I think Facebook is good for entertainment, for showing your photos, for sharing your photos. And, you know, right. Inspiration, but not for good right. information. Yes. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Because I agree, and especially there have been such complicated rules about travel over the past yeah. you know, year and a half. And so we want to get our, well, where do we want to get our information from right now, Annie, when, when there is um, a question about. So I also have a newsletter. If you go to joinusinfrance.com forward slash newsletter, you just sign up for the newsletter. It's obviously free. It comes out a couple times a month, no more. Mm -hmm. And I just keep people updating updated about travel things so there's some inspiration about uh, travel to France but also right now it's it's a lot of you know this is how vaccination is going these are the rules about masks uh, this is how you get your because we have a health pass now in France mm -hmm. and it's being enforced uh, pretty much everywhere and it's really helped keep the pandemic you know bring it down fast because this summer it was spiking up again it's way down everywhere okay. so that's really good uh, we have we actually have better vaccination rates in france than in the u.s i know after you started much behind us in terms of the yeah. timing of availability right. yeah you've really uh you've really but i i think recently i've heard that the american administration is really pushing vaccination heavily mm -hmm. as heavily as they can mm -hmm. uh, the french president started doing that mid-july right and saying look we're going to put in a health pass you're going to not be able to do a lot of things unless you're vaccinated and 
that really spiked up the numbers. The I mean, people, yeah. there were plenty of people around me, my family members who were saying, eh, I'll do it when it's mandatory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now most of them are vaccinated. There's one kid, one 18 year old who is like stubborn. Um, and ah, that was funny because she needed a ride. We're going to spend a weekend together and she doesn't want to go with her parents. She wanted me to give her a ride. And I said, no vaccine, no spending two hours with me in the car. Take the train. Oh, oops, no, you can't take the train either. Ha! You're going to have to hitchhike. <laughs> so did it work or is she staying home? Oh, yeah. I don't know what she's going to do. Yeah. But you know what? That's how it works is there are people who are stubborn. Maybe that's all. Maybe they're just, they're afraid of the shot. I don't know, yeah. whatever it is. Uh, but if it gets inconvenient enough, They'll do it eventually. I think by the end of the year, we'll have 95% vaccinated, fully vaccinated in wow. France. That's amazing. Of, of the eligible people, because obviously- Under 12 is under still- Under 12, no, mm-hmm. no. Just like in the US, that's the same worldwide, I think. Nobody under 12 can be vaccinated. And that's one of the big reasons why we need to get vaccinated is so that we protect the kids under 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's a, so anyway, France is doing very well as far as the, uh, the vaccination rates. The QR codes are working very well. The health pass is working very well. If you need help getting a health pass, I can help you. That's, you know, there, there's a whole, you have to apply and it takes yeah. a, a couple of, you know, a week or two to get it because they have a lot of requests, but it works. Good, because we've, we've applied for it and I have a receipt from them that they've received the, the yeah. application and the application is a little tricky to for Americans, I think, to decide what's their what's their foreign address. Does that mean their foreign <laughs> address to France or their foreign or their address <laughs> in France? So I right, don't... right, yeah. But they give you five lines, so you can do both. Both, yeah. That's what I would do. I would just do home address, whatever address in the U.S., and then one of the hotels where, or Airbnb or whatever, where you're going to be staying in France. And if you're staying on more than one, just pick one, whatever. Just pick one. And yeah, and just list them both because you have enough room to do both. Mm-hmm. But it's true that the form is not very obvious. And also the other thing that trips up people is where it says um, country where you got your vaccine because, okay, long ago I was a software translator and software pulls lists from different places and sometimes the translators don't have access to certain lists and it looks like they don't have access to the list of countries because even if it says you know in good english where were you vaccinated you open the list and it's all in french yeah (laughs) and so so if you look for usa you're like oh there's no usa yeah that's what i noticed if i put in if i spelled you united states it didn't give me it but when i put eta it, it, exactly. it popped right up. Etats-Unis is what yeah. you want. Yes, yeah. yes. But if you do it through France Connect, so log back in and just look through your stuff and maybe change something. Maybe like if you did, uh, I don't know, if you're in California and you did uh, CA, maybe write it, make it California or something. Because just the fact that you update it a little bit. Oh, it will bring it back up. Oh, that's that's a good tip. That's a so good that's tip. That's a trick to get it looked at. Yeah. Um, or if you know your dates of travel and you didn't before, you just say, hey, you know, I'm coming on this date. Uh, I need help. Yeah. So updating your, your uh, application is a good thing as well. Oh, that's a good one. Because, you know, years ago, I learned from someone, I can't remember if it was Polly Platt or someone, she said, that the magic words in French are excusez-moi de vous déranger. Oui. <laughs> if you say that, even a burglar, if you say that when you break into the house, they'll take you, they'll treat you with respect. <laughs> sure. You don't have to say it quite this long anymore. You can just say excusez-moi. Okay. Or just bonjour. Bonjour first. Yes. Just bonjour first. So you just like uh, yesterday I was at a store and I needed to ask where something was, and I just say bonjour. Excusez-moi, we blah blah blah, and then they love you because you're polite. okay. Okay, because I, I have <laughs> I've noticed that you know sometimes Americans think that making too much small talk is actually more disruptive or ruder yeah. to people, and so I've I've learned that it's completely the opposite. If, yeah. if I'm saying quickly, they'll be like, "Bonjour, Madame," 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and also, you need to explain. You need, like in France, if that's why when you need to, to when if you want vegan food, you can just explain. You can just say, je ne mange pas de viande, je ne mange pas de poisson, je ne mange pas d'œuf, je ne mange pas de lait. Right. You can just say, je ne mange pas tout ça. Vous avez quelque chose que je peux manger? And, and they will, you just have to explain. It's, yes. not, it's not a problem. Um, co conversing is a good thing in France. Yeah, I think that's something, I think that's something for um, kind of nervous vegan or new vegan travelers to, to really remember that, that the French do like to have that interchange that they want yes. to know why what's going on with you <laughs> right what, what is it with you that you don't eat eggs like yeah. what you not even to, eggs you came to toulouse and you don't want you know right. <laughs> and and you can just laugh with them say oh you know when i was little they made me eat <laughs> now, <laughs> yes whatever just tell them a story if you can make them smile you know and even if your English, if your French is not very good, it's fine. You can do it in English. But first, you have to say bonjour. First thing. Just, That's so just good. Don't, don't even try anything else before you say bonjour. And when do we say bonsoir, Annie? What time? It doesn't matter. No? 6 p.m. or as soon as it gets dark. But it doesn't matter. Okay. It's actually a, a, a thing. Like uh, if I'm walking my dog late and I say bonjour and the guy says bonsoir, I just, I just, oh, you saw. <laughs> so, you know, I just make it a joke. Oh, it's yeah. not that late. Like, you know. <laughs> so, we, so as Americans, we, we're, we shouldn't feel corrected when they, no. they respond that way. We should just go, oh, yeah, this is when they think it's time for. Yeah, them. yeah. It's, it's not a, it's just a little silly game. Like, yeah. or you can make a joke like, well, I'm not late. I don't know about you. Are you late? I'm not late. <laughs> you know, it's just a little. So Annie, I think this is what, thank you so much for coming on. I don't want, I want to respect your time. I want everybody, I'm going to put the notes to a lot of what you've mentioned in the show notes. And I think what you've done is you've encouraged even the more timid of us to go to France and ask for what we want and maybe be prepared once in a while, just like everywhere else, like in the United States, like everywhere else, you don't always get what you want, but if you try sometimes you just absolutely might <laughs> absolutely and yeah. especially this year as a matter of fact because we have so few visitors most restaurateurs are more than happy to accommodate you it's Isn't just that, that they they want to understand what you what why? you want what you're asking for yeah why what 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 would make you happy mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. And I, I'm going to, I, I'm going to check in with some of my what what I find when I'm there, I'm going to be in Toulouse, your area, Carcassonne, Bordeaux, and then Paris. And, um, and as I said, I, my itinerary isn't fully fleshed out, but definitely Versailles, that idea of Versailles not being super busy. That's, this is the it's time. excellent. It's this beautiful. It's very, it's very nice. Yes, you'll enjoy it. Thank you very much, Annie. Thank you for being on and thank you for all your advice. And everybody knows where to find you. They'll find you through the show notes. Merci beaucoup. À bientôt. Au revoir. Au revoir. So, mes amis, what did you think about Annie? So down to earth and reassuring. Exactly, exactly what a travel professional should be, in my opinion, anyway. There is enough uncertainty and breathless excitement in travel. I like my travel advisors to be thoughtful, experienced, and calm, just like Annie Sargent. And I'm laughing, laughing at myself and laughing that there I was still thinking in this interview, there must be some magic words or some French expression to open the gates of understanding and get French restaurateurs to understand what a vegan traveling in France wants to eat. But no. What did Annie say? She said, just ask. You see, I still need to take my own advice. Just ask for what you want. As a longtime Francophile, I've told myself a story for many, many years that vegans, well, vegans are merde out of luck most places in France, and it's hard to give up a story. 
that you've practiced, isn't it? So I'm on to myself and I'm going to give everyone in every cafe, hotel, and restaurant I visit a chance to show me their best efforts by not overthinking it and just asking for what I want. What a concept. Just as I would if it were any other place I visit, here, at home, or in one of those famously vegan-friendly capitals like London or Berlin. Don't worry, you will get a chance to hear how it goes. I'm planning to record at least one Veg Your Best podcast while I'm in France. As a girl, I wanted to be a foreign correspondent. Now I finally get my chance. So... Make sure you listen to Annie Sargent on her podcast, Join Us in France. And if you are considering an upcoming visit to France, I truly recommend hiring Annie for an itinerary consultation. It's a super affordable way to avoid, well, costly mistakes and double booking yourself and expecting to find trains in places you'll never find a train. Get an experienced eye on your plans. So start by going to joinusinfrance.com website, which is easily, easily, easily searchable by city and region. And honestly, you cannot imagine how many resources and ideas are there. Missed something? I'll put the links in the show notes. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested. Something about algorithms, it helps bump us up a little in the rankings, and that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience. So, until next week, make it easy and veg your best.